we kind of started building ourselves, and the rest is sort of history. This is version one, a podcast from Code Sandbox about the product development journey of some of the web's most talked about tools and resources from the makers behind them. I'm your host, Maurice Cherry. Vercel has been called the best place to deploy a front-end app, and it's easy to see why. It works with over 30 Jamstack frameworks, including React, Gatsby, and Angular. It fulfills over 4.5 billion requests per week. And it enables front-end teams at companies like Twilio, Airbnb, and Uber to do their best work. The main driver behind Vercel's success is one man, Guillermo Rauch. Let's learn more about him and how his vision for a more accessible and collaborative web brought forth this unique platform. So when did you first fall in love with computers? For me, it was in the mid-80s with my brother's hand-me-down VTech Laser 50 computer. It's a classic, look it up. Guillermo was also exposed to computers at an early age, thanks to his dad. We kind of started paying a lot of attention to just how the world of technology was developing. And we bought a few Windows computers, like desktop computers, installed games on them. But always the sort of idea was, what more could we do with these things? And we started doing lots of different things, like finding new ways of getting software into the computers, which you couldn't buy in Argentina at the time because we're kind of, being in South America, like the software distribution mechanism hadn't been set up at the time. So you had to kind of like try to find someone to lend you a CD of a certain piece of software that you wanted at one point. What really was kind of that step function in my growth was when I had the opportunity to install Linux on this computer. I kind of challenged myself to try to install Linux in it, which at the time was only starting to have some forays into desktop computing, visual interfaces, visual installers. But it kind of opened up this new world to me of open source, of having a nice compiler tool chain to develop on, to have the terminal, to understand how software is compiled and built and distributed and packaged managers. So I attribute a lot of my future trajectory at the time to that one moment when I got exposed to Linux. And that one moment changed everything, not just because he had discovered the concept of open source in Linux. Oh, no. This moment was the beginning of Guillermo's journey into something much, much bigger. That's right. I'm talking about web forums. Yeah, so it's a pretty crazy story now, looking back, to be honest, because when I went into Linux, I realized that I needed community to succeed. I didn't realize this, you know, because I had an epiphany of, of wisdom, but I realized because it was so hard to figure these things out it was hard to figure Linux out for a lot of other folks, especially in Argentina. I started finding different communities that were helping me figure things out. And that also, whenever I would figure something out, I would contribute back to. So it all started with a website. It was called datafull.com. I don't think I've ever told this story yet. Super funny. So it was basically like a Stack Overflow, but for everything, because people were still figuring out everything around computers and the internet. And 
there was a leaderboard. The person that would get the more points for their answers would be at the top of the leaderboard. And I was probably like 11, 12 years old at this point, And I was absolutely obsessed with becoming number one in that leaderboard. I just wanted to see Guillermo there, basically. And I started kind of answering questions that were very general, but then they added this Linux category. And I started answering a lot of questions around, oh, how do I configure my internet? How do I configure this driver? How do I configure networking? How do I do all these basic things with Linux? And I kind of saturated that forum. So that led me to finding another community, which was this forum where a lot of developers and Linux and networking experts were starting to hang out in and exchange tips and tricks and so on. And I did the same thing there. Like I started answering a lot of questions, sort of making some online friendships, et cetera. And I remember this one day where one of the friends that I made there, and he sends me a message like, why do you only answer questions all day on the internet? Like, why don't you do some work? And he says, oh, there's this website where you can actually do work and make things with your skills and then get paid for them. I was like, wow, that's super awesome. And I went into there and I remember my first job there was to make a CSS fix and I get paid $10 and I couldn't believe it. In fact, most people wouldn't believe me. Like my parents wouldn't believe me. Like no one would be oh, like, you just found this platform where like people hire one another over the internet and they give you FTP credentials to get access to their CSS files and make contributions to that. And this person is running a business. So like they actually need it. They're not like, it's not a video game. Oh, it's not a video game. I mean, how many websites can you think of right now where you can do this exact same thing? The point is young Guillermo was making money. He would do many small jobs like CSS fixes, build his reputation on the platform, and then take on bigger jobs with international clients. Argentina's currency, the peso, was massively depreciated at the time compared to the U.S. dollar, which meant Guillermo was making money. Not only that, he was continually being sought after by businesses, which meant more significant opportunities. So like one of the milestone moments for me was like my first job offer. I was like, wow. And it was like a soft offer. It was like, hey, it'd be great if you join our team. Was when I was 17. And it was at Facebook. and. My response to them was like, well, I'm in Argentina and I'm underage, basically, so I don't think I'm a good fit for you. I was basically working a lot of my day and a lot of my night because of the time differences. So I would go to high school, basically, sometimes, honestly, to sleep because I was kind of on autopilot in my high school. Despite being on autopilot, Guillermo was a great student. His high school in Argentina was a bit like a public charter school in the U.S., There were college-level courses taught by professors, although taking an entry exam was part of the process to join. As you might expect, Guillermo passed it with flying colors. And then it kind of like fell off a cliff because that's when like my computer interests and my work and my open source started to collide really hard with this really demanding schoolwork as well. So it really came to a point in the last year where these two things were like really competing. The last year was probably the hardest in terms of the materials that we're studying. And believe it or not, the only class I couldn't complete was history related. There were like thick manuals that I had to like, I I actually never got to read them because I just didn't have the time. And that was the last subject 
that unfortunately couldn't complete. And then I dropped out. For me, it worked out and I was able to pursue my interests and then accomplish a lot of things without having, you know, a formal degree either in high school or college. Ah, the internet, changing lives every day. After the break, Guillermo leaves Argentina and takes his skills abroad. We'll be right back. At Code Sandbox, we're working every day to make sure that every creator can share their ideas with the world. And now we're expanding on that mission with our new show, the Code Sandbox Podcast. On each episode, we'll introduce you to the best and brightest from our community and talk to experts in the field about the more human side of open source software. The first episode of the Code Sandbox Podcast comes out on April 8th. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and we will see you there. And we're back. Guillermo, he's going places, literally. His programming skills have caught the attention of companies worldwide. Now it's goodbye Argentina and hello Switzerland. Wheels up. So when the Facebook thing came up, that was kind of like a, an eye-opening moment for me because until then, I, I kept always getting like interesting job offers. Hey, work on this WordPress plugin, work on this theme, build this front-end thing. But then I started getting like, hey, we want you to join our team to work full-time on this project. And that was kind of like the Facebook moment. There were a bunch of startups. The first one was this startup from Switzerland. They picked Mutools to build on. They raised a good amount of venture capital. And they were like, okay, like let's go with one of the Mutools core team members. And I was on the Mutools core team members page since I was like about 15 or 16 or so because I was contributing a lot to the core framework. And again, this was out of passion. I'd never connected the dots until later that by contributing open source, you're building this great resume that you know is backed by your code contributions and by your documentation contributions and so on and so forth. Things were moving so fast that I think they were just like, yeah, considering me more of an entity, oh, it's, it's Rouch G. Like, I don't think everyone, anyone stopped to certify that I was even old enough. Because again, like my work at the time was sort of speaking for itself. So my mom signed that paperwork with my dad. It's all kind of crazy, right, for them. But they still were like, this seems legit and it seems really valuable. And obviously, it's what I wanted to do and the direction in which I wanted to develop my skills. So that was an amazing experience for me that I got to meet teams of people. I got to meet the different roles that come together to work on a project. I got to focus a lot on one thing instead of scattering into lots of different little freelance projects. And then that company opened an office here in SF on the Embarcadero. So I moved here and started basically spending more time here over the years. And then when I saw what the startup ecosystem looked like here, I was like, I I just want to live here and build a company here. Guillermo barely got settled in San Francisco, and he has already become enamored with a new concept, 
the power of JavaScript, especially on the client side. I became kind of obsessed with like, what can JavaScript speed up in terms of experiences, especially in terms of data exchange? I was obsessed with this idea of you don't press a refresh button and the data comes to you. You make a change and the data comes to you. You see what other people are working on. I became absolutely obsessed with that idea. And in one week or maybe a week and a half here in SF, I remember I was sitting on this kitchen table and just spent like basically 10 days in a row at this co-living space that I was at the time in the mission. I spent a week and a half just writing Socket.io, this real-time framework, and it came out and sort of immediately took off. I should mention that Guillermo was doing all this outside of the work he was doing for a startup he co-founded called LearnBoost. This business was focused on edtech, but Guillermo quickly realized that his true strength was in building developer tools, and he wanted to go deeper into the idea of real-time feedback and communication. I would say the biggest thing that kind of influenced what later became Vercel was we made a pivot at the time with that edtech startup and we say, what, what if we focus on real-time sharing? And we created this company called CloudUp that was focused on sharing files, static files, as fast as you could. It's what, a lot of what later inspired Vercel and, and our approach to deployment and deployment previews and so on, because we really believed in this idea of the hyperlink. The hyperlink is what I can give to you and you can see my work, is what you can comment on, is what you can experience. And then one Sunday afternoon at an empty office space in San Francisco, Guillermo met one of tech's biggest founders. Matt Mullenweg, the founder of WordPress. Guillermo shows Matt cloud up and talked about incorporating more JavaScript into WordPress. You know, just a simple product demo. Well... So long story short, we ended up being acquired by WordPress. And that was an incredible experience for me. I stayed there for two years. I learned a lot about how the sausage is made, especially from a company that took an open source project and built a successful business from it. But I had this itch still, the world is going to move more towards the front end. And I was still obsessed with that idea of cloud up of like, what if I just run one command and I get a hyperlink back of my work? And one of the interesting things that inspired Vercel was CloudUp had the ability that you could drag and drop anything to this menu bar app. And one of the things you could drag and drop was a folder with HTML files. And we would host them for you. And actually, we invested a lot in building a CDN for CloudUp called cldup.com, which is based on CloudFront. So we started kind of laying that foundation of how awesome would it be if these experiences are transmitted in real time? Anybody in the company can deploy. Anybody can build new initiatives and new front ends. And we kind of started building Vercel, and the rest is sort of history. After the break, Vercel version one. At Code Sandbox, we're working every day to make sure that every creator can share their ideas with the world. And now we're expanding on that mission with our new show, the Code Sandbox Podcast. On each episode, we'll introduce you to the best and brightest from our community and talk to experts in the field about the more human side of open source software. 
The first episode of the Code Sandbox podcast comes out on April 8th. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and we will see you there. Welcome back. Before Vercel became Vercel, it was known by another name. We used to be called something different, Zeit. Turned out that that name was kind of being used in a very important country, and there was some trademark collisions and other good reasons for renaming that had to do with simplifying our brand. And we decided on the name Vercel because it has a lot of interesting properties around performance and agility. It has, it, even though it's a new word, as far as we're concerned, it embodies a lot of the values of our platform, real-time, fast, accelerate, versatility. And we hope that those are the values that not only our brand has, but our products like Next.js and our deployment platform continue to embody. Guillermo still has more on his mind. So when I was at WordPress, I had a pretty good life. Like I was working with an incredible team. I was making good money. But there was this problem that I had, which was like I was so anxious to expand my mind into this new world that was going into more functional programming. And I felt like this, this component thing was almost like a discovery rather than an invention. I was, I was getting really anxious that it was almost like if I stay here another day, I'm not going to participate in that incredible revolution. So I just left. I actually left a lot of money on the table. Like my dad was like, what the hell are you doing? Parents. But it's at this point that Guillermo continues down this path with components. That's when I created Next.js because I was like, the entry point to the system cannot be the component. It's too granular. I have to bring in a pages system into this. I have to bring in a built-in router into this. So Next.js was kind of at this crossroads of a lot of my inspirations of the things that I'd been working on for so many years. As I mentioned, the idea of collaborating around hyperlinks, I consider that to be extremely durable. I think 20 years from now, it's going to be something that I still want Vercel to be associated with. The idea of a deploy preview, the idea of, you know, for your team, try before you buy, collaborate before you ship. I actually think that Next.js will probably be very, very durable because of that foundation on, on the component model and the programming model and JavaScript being the you know, world's most popular programming language. I never doubted that you know, our technologies weren't sought after by customers, like they've always been popular and things like that. But I think it's really good to realize that you have nothing that you can take for granted at the end of the day. There's been a lot of situations where we've had to learn, we've had to adapt, we've had to push new ideas forward that perhaps were in the past considered invariants. I think it's really important to realize that there's never going to be a silver bullet. There's never going to be one way. There's never going to be one paradigm, one stack, and this is why I've learned over the years to take this incredibly customer-obsessive mentality of what problem do they have? How can I facilitate the best possible solution? 
if the best possible solution doesn't exist, I try to invent it. And I would say the most important thing is to just embody that in all of your work, in your messaging, in the way that you work with customers. And I think it was part of the learning. I would say, you know, as, as always, you want to do that as soon as you can. And maybe it could have saved a year of our work by doing that earlier. But I'm grateful of how everything has turned out. And there's always going to be learnings along the way. And I think it's going to happen in the next 10 years for us as well. Thank you so much for listening to version one. For more information about the show, visit us at codesandbox.io forward slash version one. That's all one word. Or you can send us a tweet at codesandbox. This podcast is produced by me, Maurice Cherry, with engineering and editing from Resonate Recordings. The song you're listening to now, that's I Don't Mind from Particle House, courtesy of Epidemic Sound. Special thanks to Guillermo Rauch from Vercel and, of course, the entire team at Code Sandbox. I'm Maurice Cherry, and this is Version 1. See you next time.